This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads at our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. The Kingdom of God, a time for peace. Well, using Bible language, I would describe today as the Kingdom of Men. Um, and we see men and women ruling across this earth, and we don't see much peace. We think of bodies like the United Nations. They've got great aspirations for peace, but we don't see much peace. And we see rulers, some with perhaps their own agendas or agendas seeking power and increased influence, but others with general, genuine desires to achieve peace and perhaps just an inability to deliver. And we think of some of the leaders of today, whether it's Putin or Trump or May or Abbas or, or Netanyahu, and we think of all these individuals and we, we see a very sad state of affairs in the earth, don't we? And we could look at all the current world conflicts and it's a sorry tale. But that sorry tale involves real pain and hardship in this world that we live in. Let's just turn to those verses that we read again that announced the birth of the Son of God. We think of those words, the Son of God was born in the most humble of circumstances. And we see there the birth being announced not in the courts or the palaces of those days, but to shepherds in the field. And we see these angels appearing to them. And we see them singing and giving praise to God. And rejoicing at the birth of the Son of God. And we see there in verse 13 to 15 that picture, don't we? That there was this multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Perhaps you might see that phrase on Christmas cards that time of year. It's interesting to read it in a more modern version. The authorised version perhaps misses perhaps some of the meaning there. You read it, many of the modern versions renders it like this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among people with whom God is pleased. That alters the emphasis, doesn't it, rather than a, a general... Ooh, that's comfortable, that's lovely, that's peace. To, ah, there's a bit more detail there, isn't it? It's almost conditional, this peace. It's conditional upon getting your relationship right with God. Peace with whom God is pleased. That's a slightly different emphasis, isn't it? Okay, well, let's just explore this a bit further then. 
we might look to some of the countries Let, let's use the examples of Syria let's think of Damascus and we think 20 years ago of a, a beautiful street modern shops, restaurants we think of palm trees down the middle of the road and we think of modern cars Toyotas, Nissans, whatever modern cars that we would expect to see on a city street in, in this country today you go to the same street today and the buildings either side are just shells all those beautiful palm trees down the centre of the street are just gone the buildings are rubble and just lying in the street and that is the picture of Syria today and we think of the personal impact um, there have been, been some pictures, haven't there, that have just captured the human cost and horror of this conflict. Because it comes down to individual men and women, doesn't it? And children. And there was an image of two graves and a little boy sleeping in between. And they were his parents. Let's come back to Genesis and you, you start to see how important this subject is and how we really need to explore and understand it. You know, if, if there is a true God, if there is a God who created the world, then what's gone wrong? Where, where is he? Why is he allowing this to happen? W what's the solution? And we believe as Christadelphians the Bible has got that answer. So let's come to Genesis chapter 1. It's beautiful. We're introduced to an all-powerful God. In the beginning, verse 1, God created. There we have it. God created the heaven and the earth. Wonderful. And we come to the end of the chapter. Well, Let's come to the following chapter. And we see there that God, at the end of it, rested. And we see that everything was very good and it's a beautiful picture to think about it's the end of chapter 1 verse 31 and behold it was very good it was beautiful and there was peace as we come into the following chapters we see that God placed a man and a woman Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden and there was peace between men and women just two of them but there was peace and there was peace between them and God it says that the angel of God went to commune and talk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden there in Eden it was a beautiful picture but that peace was broken when Adam and Eve sinned and they broke the commandment that God had given them not to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and as a result of that God, God cannot fellowship with, with sin and we see them then being separated from God and put out of the garden and that peace with God was broken and it was broken by man's sin or man disobeying God's commandment 
And so there was a punishment for sin. God had said in chapter 2, If you partake of the fruit of this tree, then you will die. Very simple commandment, not hard to obey, but man was deceived, we see at the start of chapter 3, by the serpent. Man looked at the fruit of the tree, saw it was beautiful fruit, wanted some of it. It it just seemed too good not to eat it. And so they took of it. And the the serpent there deceived them and and said, well, well, why, why don't you eat of it? And there was a a lie. You won't surely die. Actually, if you eat of the fruit, you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. Let's come to chapter 3, and we see the punishment for breaking God's commandment there. God's punishment for this. The Lord God said to Adam, where are you? And he answered, and he explains and tries to cover up what he has done. And then we come in and we see through to verse 18 and 19. Now there's going to be thorns and thistles that are brought forth by the ground. It's going to be hard to grow food. Thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. So it's going to be hard to provide food. And a lot of us today are far removed from the production of food. We work and we go to the supermarket and buy food. Well, we also have an allotment and we have a few chickens as well. And, and so you, you, perhaps it connects you a bit with, with the production of food. And keeping an allotment is hard work. <laughs> um, that's why you have children and run a youth club because you can enlist them in, in the process. But, but it, it's hard work and there's, Need for constant diligence, weeding. Because if you don't, boy, it, it, it takes over very quickly. And ultimately, we will return to the ground. We will die. That's the punishment God has made. And it's confirmed in the New Testament. It's a consistent message through the Bible. Paul to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15 says, For since by man came death, Okay, so, so death came on men and women because we failed to keep God's commandments. Simple as that. that. That's what God sets out. Okay, well, that's, that's not a great picture. Um, let's see where we can go from here. Let's come to chapter 6 of Genesis. Come to the story of Noah. So, we've, we've come on from the, the time of Adam... And we we see here the events uh, progressing. And we see now a society where men and women have gradually moved away from God. Let me explain. Verse 1. Came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took wives of them which they chose. Now, what does that mean? Who is a son of God and who is a a daughter of men? I believe in the context, um, this refers to people that served God, 
marrying people who didn't serve God. So you've got sons of God and daughters of men. And the net result was that people moved away from God. So the ones who didn't believe God influenced the ones that did and they pulled them away from the truth. And the result of this, we see it presented to us there, verse 5. God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. It's not a great picture, is it? Verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth and behold it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. So think of the phrases used there. Wicked, evil, corrupt, violence. There was no peace. Okay, It's interesting isn't it? When you don't have peace with God you don't have peace between men and women seems to be a principle that is being developed and established here and yet through this we see God's judgment on one hand with the flood that was brought but we also see God's mercy let me explain let's see this one man verse 8 but there was one man, Noah, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Now, to walk with God is um, a remarkable phrase. It talks to about somebody who is at one with God. Somebody who obeys God's laws and loves and respects God. And God in turn has a relationship, a fellowship with that man. So Noah was in a very privileged position. Noah was at peace with God. And God in his love saved Noah and provided a means for his salvation so God provided this means for him to build an ark and through that for him to enter it and to be saved isn't that an interesting development then in this idea this principle that if your relationship isn't right with God if men and women's relationship isn't right with God you won't have peace between men and women First you've got to get that relationship with God right and then you've got a basis to have a, a peaceful relationship with men and women that is, has got foundation and is lasting. So I'll just quote to you a verse now from Daniel 4. And it, just to explain, Daniel is written in the time of the Babylonian superpower which is modern day Iraq. There was a brutal king called Nebuchadnezzar and yet God used that brutal king Nebuchadnezzar to perform his will. And actually that king Nebuchadnezzar wrote Daniel chapter 4 which is quite interesting. Um, to think that God could use somebody like that and to see that somebody like that actually wrote a chapter in the Bible. Um, and he had to learn a lesson. He had to learn a lesson that there was an almighty God 
and that he was in control and that actually King Nebuchadnezzar although he thought he was incredibly powerful and important wasn't and so God taught him that the most high that is God rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he will and sets up over it the basest of men so God is in control of the world today he's got a plan and he's working through the big stuff we see him working through the politics and the big stuff happening in the world to control that world and to affect his plan but ultimately the the rulers in the world we think of the likes of Obama and Cameron and Hussein, Saddam Hussein and all these different people, Osama bin Laden, they, they come don't they and perhaps then they go and then we see another set of characters on, 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 the, on the scene and so we see now Trump and May and, and different characters don't we, Assad and Netanyahu but, but God has got a plan and his plan, it's summed up in Numbers 14 to Moses. It's a time when God is, is taking Israel to the promised land. And Israel, as they did, let God down again in their lack of faith in Numbers 14. They failed to go forward in faith. And God is so frustrated with Israel because of this. But he says to Moses, irrespective of this, irrespective of that, what's happened there as truly as I live all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord that's what, what God said to Moses so, so you can be confident of this I've got a plan and this is what it is uh, through the prophet Habakkuk in the Old Testament God expands this and says the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So, so there is going to be a time in the future, the kingdom of God, when the earth will be filled with men and women that know God and therefore have got the right relationship with God. And we know now, don't we, that that's a basis, a foundation for having peace on the earth. So we're starting to see how this picture hangs together, don't we? So let, let's think of a picture. Let's think of a let's think of a gorge. Cheddar Gorge. There's a big gorge in America. What's it called? Grand Canyon. Let's think of the Grand Canyon. Okay, that's quite a big chasm, isn't it? On one side, let's picture ourselves on the top of the cliff, and on the other side is God and we can't get across can we we can't get across that chasm to God there's this barrier in front of us this huge chasm physically we cannot get across it can we that chasm is caused by sin that's the thing our disobedience to God is creates this chasm on one side you've got God who is almighty he's everlasting he's sinless and on the other side you've got us we're weak we're mortal we're dying aren't we 
and we break God's commandments we're sinful let's come to John chapter 3 because we've already started to speak of the uh, mercy of God yes God cannot fellowship with sin God cannot be a party to things that are evil and wicked but God is a God of love and God is wanting despite our failings is wanting to reach out to us and to provide a way for us to cross this huge chasm okay let's come to John chapter 3 and verse 16 God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believes in him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved so God has reached out to us he's, he's given his son the Lord Jesus Christ and through the Lord Jesus Christ we can have a hope of life well that's overturning that punishment of Genesis 3 isn't it that punishment of death now we can have a hope of life through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ by associating ourselves with him and his sacrifice and what he has achieved and done for us there's a lovely passage in Romans 5 it says and listen to the language here Romans 5 verse 1 therefore being justified by faith that means being counted as righteous or, or counted as right in God's sight we can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ ah so now we get into the answer now we're seeing the wonder of the picture that we're seeing in the scriptures it's explaining it to us through our response to the gospel message and associating ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ we can have peace with God we can get that relationship right with God and in Ephesians 2 it speaks of Jesus and says he is our peace okay so it's using this language for us it's explaining it for us and we're seeing the love and the mercy of God let's turn to Philippians and chapter 4 this is whilst we turn there I'll just give you a picture that Jesus uses people were worried about everyday stuff and Jesus says don't worry trust in God because he, one of the sparrows doesn't fall without God being aware of it okay, so, so this is a, a, a reassurance even today about a benefit of the relationship we can enjoy with almighty God through the Lord Jesus Christ let's come into Philippians 4 rejoice in verse 4 in the Lord always. again I say rejoice okay come on to verse 6 be careful for nothing in other words don't worry be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God 
which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus okay. so don't worry don't worry bring all your problems bring all your stuff to God and trust and God will provide and there is a peace of mind even today if we do this sometimes it's easier than other times to do this but it's important if we get our relationship right with God today there is a benefit for us today there is a, a wonderful reassurance that we don't have if we don't get our relationship right with God it's not there and yet we still is that, is that where it ends is that, is that it because we still see around us terrible conflicts don't we and terrible wars and we wonder well why and where's it all going we have conflicts and wars because of, of men and women's selfishness and lust for power and control and, and in the New Testament James writes about these things talking about believers and he says Whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Oof. It's not very comfortable, is it? That's, that's not a great picture of men and women. And these were believers in the ecclesia. So it talks about really uncomfortable relationships in a meeting, a group of believers because they've put the commandments of Christ to one side and they're just trying to satisfy their own desires and needs we see in the world that on a big political scale don't we let's come to see a picture of the kingdom of God let's come to Isaiah the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament one of the major prophets and chapter 2 there's some beautiful kingdom pictures in the prophet of Isaiah. We'll choose this one. Remember we read in Numbers and Habakkuk earlier about God going to fill the earth with his glory. Fill the earth with the knowledge of men of God as, as the waters cover the sea. Well this is the same time that we're speaking of, that we're looking forward to. This time when the kingdom of God will be on earth. We come in at verse 2. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war any more. So this is the kingdom. This is a time when God is reigning. 
and through his son the Lord Jesus Christ sat on the throne there in Jerusalem and God's word goes forth men and women have a knowledge and understanding of God as we read in Habakkuk as we read in Numbers and we see that there is no more war those weapons of war are turned into items for agriculture and we live in the northwest of England and there are thousands of people in this region that are employed in the defence industry we think of that their role in life is to manufacture things incredible technology sophistication things that destroy and kill and people earn money doing this and it's a huge part of our our economy but that will not be the case in the kingdom of God let's read more about this then let's come to the New Testament let's come to the Gospels and we'll come to Luke in chapter 1 we have recorded here one of, one of the most intimate conversations and remarkable conversations it's an angel telling a young woman that she is going to be the mother of the son of God and we've got the conversation recorded as if Luke was in the room listening clearly he wasn't but, but, but we read here that conversation we come in at verse 32 this is the message given to Mary well, let's come in at verse 31 behold thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary says, well, verse 34, how's that going to happen? I'm, I've not slept with a man. I'm, I'm a young woman. I'm, I'm not married yet. And the angel says, verse 35, the Holy Spirit or the power of God shall come on you. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So it's speaking there of Jesus as a king. He's going to sit on the throne. He's going to sit on the throne of his father David. Well, we go back to the Old Testament. We look for King David and we find in the book of Samuel that he reigned in Jerusalem. So we can clearly see Jesus will be the king and he will reign from Jerusalem. And he will reign forever over the whole world. And so we see him reigning with God's authority and power. A wonderful picture. This is the kingdom of God on earth that we're reading about. So, I'm interested, when's this going to happen? Um, I want to know, I want to get ready, I want to be involved. Let's come over to chapter 21. Quite clearly, as Christadelphians, we're not going to announce that Jesus Christ is going to return to the earth on the 17th of October 2019. We do not know the date. Jesus specifically said no one knew the day, not even he, except only his father did. But 
We are given signs that we are to use to understand how God's plan and purpose are being fulfilled. And so Jesus here speaks, verse 25, There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. That, that phrase there, the original word there, means no human solution. And we think of the problems stacking up in the world, and there is no human solution, is there? People can be very genuine, people can try the very best, but there's no real human solution. The sea and the waves roaring, and that's often used as a description of the nations in the Bible, and talking trouble and upheaval. Verse 26, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. People haven't got the answers. People are really worried. Why? For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So these events that we see happening in the world today seem to match up with that description. But these are the events that we're told, verse 27, anticipate the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we should be excited on the edge of our seats, anticipating this coming about. So let's, verse 28, when these things begin to come to pass would suggest that's now then look up lift up your heads for your redemption's drawing nigh so time for us to get excited to, to be on the edge of our seats to be anticipating to be preparing for these things do we want to know peace let's come to 2 peter in chapter 3 Do we want to know peace? Well, that sounds like a daft question. Of course we do. I mean, but, but let's think about then. That then requires a response. So if we really want to know peace, what are we doing about it? The peace that the Bible offers requires a response. It's a conditional peace. Remember that phrase we started with in Luke 2, the angel said, it was peace to those that God was pleased with. 2 Peter 3 verse 8. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord isn't slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, would not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. So, it's 2017. Jesus Christ has not returned to the earth yet. Okay, so is he really going to come back? Uh, are you seriously suggesting to me in this modern world, firstly, that there is a God, and secondly, that he's got a plan and that he's in control. Look at the mess. Is that really the case? Well, I would suggest yes. I would suggest the mess is largely caused by men and women. But God has got the solution. It's revealed to us in his words. 
we have an opportunity to respond but there's a limit we need to respond soon there's an urgency and so there's a time now for us to prepare Peter goes on to say well if that's the case how should you be living your life if that's the case what should we be doing verse 11 seeing that these things are going to be dissolved and replaced what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of god so so if this is going to happen if all this stuff around us is going to be put to one side it requires a response we need to be getting our relationship right with god what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness and we should have a goal in our life that's centered around the kingdom looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of god that should be the focus of our lives the drive the desire so let's come to revelation the last book in the bible we live in troubled times the bible predicts and we, we won't look at the prophecies but there are other prophecies that speak of a time of trouble and war leading up to the return of the the lord jesus christ to set up god's kingdom but god will intervene the lord jesus christ will return and god's kingdom will be established and there is a time then when there will be peace on the earth their earth will be filled with men and women who know God whose relationship is right with God and then there will be peace between men and women on the earth there will be peace on earth as the angels predicted to the Lord Jesus Christ back there in Luke so let's just read these concluding verses it's from the start of Revelation 21 it's a picture of the kingdom age and the establishment of the kingdom so, so we need to just come to revelation and understand it's a book of sign and symbol so, so don't think when it speaks of a, a city coming down from heaven to earth that it is a literal city coming out of the sky and being plonked on the earth that's not what's being spoken of it's a picture of the establishment of god's kingdom on the earth and it comes from heaven that means it's got God's standards and God's ways at the heart of it okay so let's just read this picture and just finish our thoughts with this 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 vision verse 1 I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away so, so there's there's now a new creation if you like being established on this earth and there was no more sea and i john saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down from god out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and i heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and god himself shall be with them and be their god 
and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. It's a time of peace, a time when men and women's relationships are right with God. It's a time to be longed for. If we want to a part of that, I certainly do, then there's a need for us to individually respond, to search out the gospel message, to take on the saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to be baptised into his name and to give our lives in service to God, seeking first his kingdom. There's a prayer at the end of chapter 22 which says, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe, and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. Mm-hmm.